Hello and welcome to this episode of Filmy Ladies. We are Pitu and Beth, and today we have a wonderful, esteemed guest, the magnificent Sal, um, whom you may know from our Suchitra Sen episode. Welcome, Sal. Hi, so glad to be back. So the reason we wanted to invite Sal for this episode um, is because we're going to talk about one of our favorite Indian cinema superstars, daughter of South Indian superstar Gemini Ganesan and Pushpavalli, the one and only Bhanu Rekha Ganesan, a.k.a. Rekha. (laughs) (laughs) So the best thing about Rekha, you guys, is that Rekha is like an ice cream shop who just never runs out of amazing flavors. So there is a Rekha for everyone. Um, Most people love Rekha the actor because she's done these amazing like fire performances. Um, A lot of people, including myself, love Rekha the beauty and fashion icon because she's the one who taught us um, how to do like those weird eyebrows and the beauty spot and the pouting and all of those things. Um, Some people love Rekha the fitness icon who brought, you know, who popularized fitness and yoga via cassettes back in the day um, and most of us love Rekha for the gossip that she is <laughs> or rather she encourages the gossip bongers in us because she's always kept like the the tales flowing um, so there's lots of reasons to love Rekha and we're going to get into those today um, and in order of um, sanity to insanity these are the movies that we have picked myself being the most sane person I have picked the wonderful Ghar um, made uh, which stars Rekha and Vinod Mehra Sal being the second most sane person has chosen the wonderful Khub Surat and Beth being extremely insane has chosen didn't you choose Khiladi over Khiladi Well, there you go. So Beth is the insanity defense today. Um, So I'm going to start with you, Sal. Which flavor of Rekha is your favorite Rekha ice cream flavor? Honestly, this is such a a tough question because if if you know me on social media, uh, Rekha is actually um, really identified with me. People, uh, people uh, will, you know, on my birthday, use Rekha, uh, you know, GIFs, Rekha reaction photos, um, they to wish me. Rekha is like a big part of, uh, um, you know, my own kind of like uh, history in a way that uh, is familiar to people in my life. Um, even, even if they know me slightly, uh, it's something they pick up on. Um, I definitely think of her as one of my, uh, you know, mothers. There's that uh, phrase in Maggie Nelson's The Argonauts, uh, you know, my many gendered mothers. Uh, she's one of them for me. She is uh, she's a key one. Um, she is someone I feel like she's definitely raised me. Um, as I get older, she becomes more and more meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, uh, as uh, as a woman who uh, refused to age like she was told to, um, you know, and uh, um, that uh, that is some like women like that, especially South Asian women, Desi women like that, uh, become more and more meaningful to me as I get older. Uh, because for for the longest time, you didn't see that. Now you have, uh, you know, Malaika Rura and all of these beautiful 50-year-olds and 51-year-olds uh, who are, you know, uh, going to the gym and wearing mini skirts and, you know, um, um, 
you know, doing item numbers and all of that stuff are on Instagram, you know, um, all of that stuff. But for the longest time, um, that wasn't the case. You know, you had Rakhi at 31, 32, 33. She was playing mother, you know. Yeah. Um, and that uh, you had uh, Mushumi Chatterjee who went to those sister-in-law roles um, uh, so quickly, Vaidar Rahman again, like in her mid-30s, early 40s, um, you know, th- those, uh, that was the trajectory. You went into, you know, that kind of uh, respectable matron space mm-hmm. really, really quickly. And uh, Rika resisted that. Um yeah. Even after she started playing the mum roles, the grandmum roles, um, she did it in her own inimitable Rekha way. So for me, um, Rekha is almost, uh, she's like beyond, um, she's beyond celluloid. She's beyond uh, the containment of, uh, you know, the 35 millimeters, the silver screen, the TV screen. Um, she, to me, is someone I feel, this is so corny, but she is to me one of those uh, uh, movie stars, one of those filmy ladies um, that I really, really feel in my DNA. Mm. You know, she's someone I feel um, in myself. She's someone I feel raised me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I can't pick. I can't pick uh, because she's mother, you know. So I can't pick a face. <laughs> so it's like the whole ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. whole ice cream shop. Yeah. Um, but in terms, of, in terms of just in terms of performance, um, I think um, it's, I think it's often acknowledged uh, that like that, period uh, in the early 80s um, is considered uh, uh, that's uh, that's considered some of her most fertile um, um, creative work right she was really coming into her own she was um, you know uh, maybe the most successful uh, heroine in the industry in that period you know it was just before Sridhi had come in um, you know and um, I'm going to be talking about a movie from that period. Um, so I I really love watching Rekha from that period because she's just extraordinarily beautiful, assured. Um, and um, I don't know, there's like the serenity of someone who knows uh, she is a superstar um, mm. in Rekha from that period. Someone mm that uh, she's arrived at the ball and uh, she's the signature of all eyes that the transformation is complete you know uh, yeah. she, she is the princess now and you know the uh, it's never gonna things are never gonna go back you know nothing's ever gonna change back to the pumpkin and the mice uh, the transformation is permanent um, that's what you really see in the early 80s mm. and it starts with uh, I think that period starts with Ghar really mm. yeah okay what about you Beth pick a flavor yeah, so this crystallized for me while Sal was speaking, and it's the it's the flavor of I won't. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I won't do what you think I'm supposed to do. I won't behave the way whichever arms of society are explaining to me. I won't go away. Hmm. Um, I, now, I should admit my knowledge of the gossip is, you know, it's cursory at best, and I haven't really dug into it, but I appreciate that she just 
resists and head held high and does what she wants to do. I kind of wish that she currently had some of the options that Dimple seems to have. Not that I want to deny Dimple, but like I would love for Rekha to show up in the <laughs> Yashraj spy universe or whatever. But yeah, my my flavor of Rekha is is that I will do what I want to do and I won't do these other things. So, and I think you can lump a lot under there. So I'm cheating a little yeah. bit, but you know, I was recently at a, at an ice cream shop in Kansas that actually let you choose five small scoops of different flavors as a dish. And I was like, that's what I've always wanted from ice cream. And that's yeah. what Rekha gives me all the time. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Sal. It's quite impossible to choose. Yeah. I think for me, um, I would pick like Rekha for me is like a sparkly unicorn because she just, I think to a little bit of what Sal said, she just comes across as almost otherworldly, which is mm-hmm. a way doing her a disservice because there is nothing otherworldly about her. Like she's all woman. Um, and even when you look at like her old interviews, when you look at her movies, she's just always like head held high and just basically just doing whatever she will. It's basically like you can't tame her. And you can't tame her in the movies. You can't tame her off screen. You can write all kinds of like nasty shit about her in the tabloids as the tabloids have done. And she was very, very vilified for a very, very long time. But she's still like, yeah, that's fine. You can say whatever you want, but like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And she always did that with like a smile on her face. It was very like, there's that serenity I associate with her as well. And I really, really do the event, love the avenging angel flavor of Rekha. It is my favorite when she wears her riding boots and she has her whip and she's just like cracking it. And she's like, obey. I love that. (laughs) Okay. So Sal, tell us a little bit about why you chose Kubsurat. Uh, so Kubsurat is uh, one of uh, Rekha's most charming films. Um, it is uh, uh, a Rishikesh Mukherjee uh, uh, film, which is uh, Rishikesh Mukherjee is one of the most beloved direct- directors um, in Bollywood cinema. Uh, so for her uh, to work with him, uh, you know, uh, was this kind of lovely moment, right? Like to have this actress who for a long time um, had been treated as uh, this um, kind of disreputable sex symbol. And you have to remember that Frika came into the industry as a teenager. So yeah, for her to be seen as, um, as, uh, as this kind of wild sexual subject with agency um is so is so disturbing to me like uh, she you know uh, the first big kind of story that broke about her was when she was uh, shooting solva savan and uh, uh, you know her hero uh, bishwajit forced a kiss on her right mm-hmm. and uh, so this is this is how uh, you know um the mythos of Rekha started forming. She was unruly. She was sexual, you know. Uh, she was scandalous. There was a whiff of scandal around her. And for her 
to do a film, not just to do a film, but to headline a film by that most wholesome of directors, Rishikesh Mukherjee, uh, by the directors, a director whose films, uh, you know, were redolent of, uh, you know, uh, Desi Ghee and, uh, you know, uh, uh, those uh, genuine uh, values of like love and family and uh, um, just comfort. Yeah, comfort, comfort. And I think a genuine sense of fun within the family unit, like I think not that kind of um, the self-serious kind of, you know, sanskar kind of vibe. Yeah. It was more like we're, we're having a good time here. Uh, it's fun to be alive. It's fun to be loved. It's fun to be a, with your parents and with your children. And for her to headline a film like that, I mean, this was her um, sound of music in a lot of ways, you know. It, mm -hmm. The film is in that space. It's in that niche. Um, and in a lot of ways, I uh, I love it more than the sound of music, you know, which is my bias probably because I watched it before that, you know. We had it on VHS, and I used to watch it again and again. And she is just so endlessly charming in it. Just so endlessly charming in it. And beautiful. She has like the the chicest little outfits, you know. Um, immediately, you know, you see her as someone, she's different from everyone else because she's wearing, she's, an, she's a grown-up woman, but she's wearing Western clothes. Uh, Big tails. Yeah, she has pigtails. She has her long Rekha hair, um, but she's wearing these chic little T-shirts and skirts and, uh, you know, pants. And she's just wonderful to look at. She's full of joie de vivre. I think she's just shy of 30 when she's made this film. Um, and she's just... Uh, She's just, she's so, she's woman, she's girl, she's, uh, she's delightful, she's alive, and it's just wonderful to see, um, this girl who this young woman who really she she'd been through everything uh you know now we know that she didn't want to be in the movies she'd been forced into the movies and she'd been through all of these hard times and she'd uh been put through really really shit uh really really bad press <laughs> um and for her to have this kind of moment uh post -gar, uh to be headlining a movie like this um you know um it's just, it's kind of wonderful. So I really kind of, kind of wanted to celebrate a movie that celebrates Rekha, yeah. a movie that's, uh, uh, that's celebratory of her and that's joyful. That's joyful, Rekha, you know, yeah. because Rekha is someone who is very fun. If you watch her, um, this is like a seminal piece of, I think, Indian film journalism, Indian pop culture, her interview with Simi Garyawal, um, uh, this is this is incredible. Uh, this is like I would say like an incredible piece of Rekha text. Uh, but if you watch it, she's really fun. She yeah. you watch the outtakes. She will do baby voices. She will do animal voices. Uh, she will make the silliest jokes. She will um, you know uh, make sexual innuendo puns. Uh, she is the most fun person. And this comes through in Khubsurat in a way that you don't always see it come through because she's often either playing, um, you know, long, the long-suffering courtesan. We, that is the Rekha archetype, right? The courtesan. Yeah. 
PC courtesan. That's who yeah. we associate her with. Uh, the the yearning, the woman who yearns, the woman who longs, and that is also informed by her off screen life. No big way. I guess we'll come to that at some at at one point. But that's who we think of. But that's not just. That's not the only thing Rekha was. Rekha was an imp. Rekha was a delight. She used to play practical jokes on the media. You know, she uh, she was uh, a friend of all her female co-stars. You know, uh, and uh, and I feel like Hope Surat really captures that side of her, and I wanted to really celebrate that. I, I was actually. Actually, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just. You you mentioned her being a friend to her co-stars, her female co-stars. And one of the things I like about Rekha is I feel like she is a very good co-star, um, especially with other women. And this is more of a feeling I have than something I can really point at specific things. But Salim, or either of you really like, is that something that stands out to you about her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, first of all, like she's had friendships uh, that have lasted uh, with her co-stars. Um, I think um, there's a story about when Sri Devi came into Bollywood, um, you know, she she helped her out with her makeup and clothes and things like that. And then they had a rift for various reasons, and that's gossip. Uh, but she was friends with Neetu Singh. She was friends with Hema. She was friends her with- best friend is Hema, actually. Yeah, they've stayed friends. She's friends mm-hmm. with Shana, with all of these girls, you know. Um, and you'll still see them together, you know, at awards shows. And they all have that, like attitude towards Rekha that's reserved for Rekha, you know? Like, that's Rekha, you know? Rekha does Rekha things. Rekha Ashwarya will... has it too. <laughs> yeah, like, um, you know, Ashwarya calls Rekha Ma, right? So, yeah. like, these, even the, the uh, women of these younger generations love Rekha. There yeah. is that, um, it, there's still that um, honor uh, where if uh, you're an actress and you're winning your film fair, to get it from Rekha yeah. mm. is a big deal, you yeah. know. To get that filmfare for for the best actress from Rekha, that is a moment, you know. You've yeah. arrived, um, and she loves on all of these women. For her, it's not a thing where she's like, um, you know, people associate Rekha with that eternal agelessness and all of those things. But she's not afraid of standing next to a younger yeah. woman and celebrating her. She's always pulled those women next to her. There's this infamous shoot with Kajol that she um, actually art directed and styled. She's she's ready to have like young women next to her and to celebrate them and to say, look at her. She's hot. She's beautiful. You know, she's ready to call them her daughter. You know, she's, she's great that way. Um, and that comes through on screen. She's a very, very generous co-star. Um, in the 80s, the 80s were a big, um, the 70s and 80s were a big period for multi-starers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, most films uh, or a great number of films had multiple heroes, multiple heroines, um, and she had great she had a great chemistry you know with an ensemble you know mm-hmm. she uh, she'd always uh, fit in even as she stole scenes um even as she added that inim- inimitable rekha pop and fizz to movies mm-hmm. it never felt like uh, she was trying to steal a scene from someone you know, it always felt like she was acting with them, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to acting um, at 
the audience, you know, away from everyone else. And you see this in Khumsurat because Khumsurat is a big ensemble uh, yeah. with, uh, with very senior actors. It has Dina Pathak, wow. Look, who's like a, a, a legend of the stage, you know, I think especially of the Gujarati stage. Um, and then you have Ashok Kumar, like a lion of uh, Hindi cinema, right? Um, and you have all these younger actors, you have Shashikala, you know, uh, you have uh, one of her most frequent uh, co-stars, the director who also renewed her career, like I think uh, seven, uh, about six years down the line, Rakesh Roshan. Um, it's like a big cast. Um, and she has a very different chemistry with each actor. She has scenes with all of them and she plays with each of them uh, in a way that works uh, in a, in a, and has an, and is an individual dynamic, you know, and that's so rare because stars don't always do that. Stars are often about themselves and about perpetuating their star persona. And oftentimes that means, um, you know, kind of um, ignoring, um, the energy or the specific dynamic they can generate uh, with the actors that they have around them, the character actors, uh, the ensemble. And Rekha has never been like that. It's like a snobbery. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a solipsism, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, star actors often will tend to act in a bubble. Um, and Rekha is not like that. Rekha, as you pointed out, she's warm, she's alive. She's alive to the presence of people around her, both on and off screen, you know. Okay. Even as she is this mysterious diva, diva people call her Garbo-esque all the time. Yeah. And I don't know if uh, that's true of Rekha. I, don't, I think yeah. she's... Yes, I think she's enigmatic, but I don't think she's someone who's like, uh, who's isolated herself on screen or even off screen when she's come and interacted with the world. She has a warmth and, uh, you know, and an approachability to her when she has the world. I was telling Beth, I love watching Rekha's paparazzi videos because like, you know, you see her at the airport and all these paps are like, Rekha ji, Rekha ji, Rekha ji, Rekha ji. And she'll like make baby voices or she'll be so cute or she'll just be like, I have to catch my plane. I can't talk to you right now. Bye. And she'll take, it's like, she's so like charming and cute. Like, I'm just like, no, but I want like hang out with me though. So adorable. <laughs> but okay. So Beth, tell us about your batshit crazy movie that you chose, which by the way, when I told my husband, he was so proud of you. He was like only Beth. <laughs> so I, you know, I love Reka's kind of agent of chaos thing that she does. And I, I mean, we've already talked about Unbari Mong at length on this podcast, but you know, we can't not mention it here. And if we hadn't already done an episode on it, I would have, I think, brought that one. But this, like you were saying, kind of Avenger, um, crime boss, <laughs> Madam X. And the only reason I'm not talking about Madam X is because I can't find it with subtitles and I feel like I need to really, truly experience it. But, you know, I don't, uh, is there anyone else who kind of brings, who does those roles or who was offered those roles. I don't know, but I just absolutely a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And the, and the sort of like, uh, I think there's a film where Rika is a a police officer's wife and then he's killed and then she becomes an officer to avenge him. And things like, I I think, I think there's a film like that with uh, Rajnikanth maybe. Rajnikanth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, 
avenging Rajnikov? Like that's not <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so I love this sort of divine, powerful, often bananas, um, again, outside of what a heroine or even a villain is really supposed to be. Um, and so this is why this is, and there's kind of this, to me, there's really the trifecta of Hunbari Mong and this one and Madame X, and there's probably others that I haven't even seen yet, but, um, so I, I had to bring that and, you know, the, obviously the song with her and Aki, you know, like with the food and the mud and I've watched that song so many times. I did. I had not seen it before I watched the whole film because I wanted to hold it to be in the film the way it would have been, you know, seen. And I, I remember when I wrote about it on my blog, I was like, look, there's a point in your Hindi cinema viewing journey that you can't go back from. And you've either seen this song or you have not. <laughs> and once you've seen it, like, it's just a wonder that this exists and that, that they were both willing to do it. I give him some credit for it too, right? But like, why is this song such a big deal? But it also is such a big deal. And like, who other than than the, you know, serene yet deeply amazing actor that is Reka, um, who clearly will do things that other people won't that are, is not going to listen to certain kinds of criticism or let it stop her. You know, it's just an absolute masterpiece of a persona. And it makes sense in the film too. Like, let's not take it away from the context that it has, but like this, this movie to me is uh, just such an amazing example of kind of not giving any Fs and just doing what you want. And maybe I, I don't mean to sell her short with that. I don't mean to say that it's not calculated because maybe it is. Um, I don't mean to say that it doesn't speak to her as a performer. Cause I suspect that it does because it is such an interesting role, but um, I, uh, this kind of agent of chaos, Reka, I, or agent of um, what is it? It's not villainy, but it's some sort of, you know, bad girls need love too, right? <laughs> she just <laughs> naughty girls need love too. And she just, she just, does it and she is again woman in this film like this this i like girlish reka as well but this sort of woman reka especially speaks to me the older i get um i just just love her for it and it looks like both of you have things to say about this movie and i hope that you yeah <laughs> so as you were saying i think like one of the reasons um you know she's so go for broke in this mm. um she made a few uh, movies that were like pretty controversial in this time period. She made um, Kilari Yoga Kilari uh, with, with the song, which is like, I mean, that, that song is just, it remains like, like it remains wild to this day. That's like, right. Watching it the other day. I, I just, I like, this would not be made now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. It is unhinged. First of all, who would agree to do it? No it one is, would even agree to do yeah, it. It is so. an expression of like an unhinged sexual id. You know, like I, um, I, 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 I cannot even begin to wrap my mind around, um, you know, uh, the psychosexual kind of thrust of uh you know uh like 
a person who would conceive of like each set piece in that song, like, you know, when they're like mud wrestling and they're in the pool and they're thrashing around and, you know, the like the swimming pool, uh, like with the, like the pool house where it's like implied nudity and all of it. And the other thing, I have to mention this about Kilari Oka Kilari, her costumes, because Rika has worn some really nutty things that are fun to look at, uh, you know, really over the top kind of glam, you know, uh, lizard empress from outer space things, uh, you know, in, uh, um, you know, Kunbarimang and Madame X and uh, Gitanjali and all of these films, like kind of like very over the top, wonderful, glamorous, kind of like uh, uh, ur drag queen. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in Hilari, she is so chic, mm. you know. She has these gorgeous, like Donna Karan inspired outfits, like these beautiful drapey kind of like sets that she's wearing, the skirts, the embellished blouses, the mm. matching hats. Um, you know, even the wigs are like kind of like very sleek, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Um, these outfits have to be seen to believe. I still think this is one of the chicest characters mm. cinema mm. like there is such amazing synergy between what the costume designer which honestly is probably Rika because uh, only <laughs> after a certain point only Rika uh, had any say in what Rika wore mm-hmm. um, so like in what what she achieved with her look and what they were trying to go for with the character. And uh, Rika, Rika was someone who was, who was very much an expert at uh, doing that outside-in thing with characters, like the, the cues that costume and made, makeup provided. She used them really, really effectively to set the tone of a character. Um, but the thing is, um, one of the reasons that it was... Uh, that she went for broke in these films is that Rekha was almost like an industry pariah at that point um, because of, uh, you know, her husband's suicide. Um, You know, people blamed her for it. People were calling her a black widow, Um, all of these things. Um, You know, she'd had uh, some pretty major flops. Uh, You know, people uh, were not going and watching her films. Uh, There was that kind of, uh, you know, the stench of, controversy around her and this time it wasn't you know it wasn't like prurient controversy it was more like really kind of dark stuff um and you know it was easier to think of her as disposable in her in her 40s uh than it had been earlier um you know we would at this point you know we had Sri Devi Madhuri we were in an entire we were we were at the point where we had Kajol and you know yeah. Karish Ravina we were in a whole new generation of ingenues one of whom she was up against in the movie um so for her I think at this point she knew she had to do something that no one expected that no one had seen in Hindi films um, and I think that's what she did with this film mm. that's what she did with Asta um, which was I think very much inspired by uh, you know French new wave narratives mm. um, and that's what she did with Kama Sutra you know mm. Um, I think she went, she made some really um, gutsy choices in that period because she knew she had to 
if she wanted to have any kind of longevity and she did i think she really wanted to have a career she wanted to keep working i think she really like reinvented herself with those because it's like you can like them you can like those movies or you can hate them but you can't ignore them everybody knows these movies like even if you've seen them not seen them and everyone has an opinion on them and everyone has an opinion about whether rekha should have done them not them there was just so much chatter and there's still so much chatter about those film choices that she made that i think that was so smart because it's better to be spoken about in the film industry and among your audience rather than just to be irrelevant that's one thing she didn't want to be so i have a funny story about uh, this song from kiladio ka kilari so a few years ago um my husband and i and um his cousins we'd gone to niagara falls and if you've been to the niagara falls like us side you know that there's nothing there it's like i got there and i was like what is this it's like this like terrible place except for the falls themselves and so we would eat breakfast every morning in this uh, punjabi dhaba they have great punjabi food in niagara falls because there's like a lot of punjabi like authentic restaurants over there so we would like fuel up in the morning with parathas and it was like 7:30 in the morning and all these like traditional punjabi people like you know the the waiter and the the cashier and the cook everyone is like from the family and at 7:30 in the morning they would basically play gurbani so on the little tv that they had they would have like a live stream from like amritsar and it's like the gurbani and it's like ek onkar and all of that and it's like okay very nice pious and you're like eating your alu paratha and listening to gurbani very nice and then i think the 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 son who was also like the waiter he would get bored he did this two days in a row he would change the channel and then he would like fiddle around with the remote and then he would put on these bollywood songs so the first day it was the amount of cognitive dissonance we had like it's like ek omkar and very peaceful and lovely and then suddenly at night no control and literally everybody sat up my husband me the cousin the cousin's wife the seven year old everybody was like what is going on <laughs> and like it's 7:45 and rekha is like rolling in the mud and all these things were happening and 5 seconds ago it was a live stream from amritsar it is amazing and like we were just nobody was eating and the seven year old was like just like transfixed it's <laughs> like welcome welcome to the world of rekha seven year old <laughs> No, I'm obsessed with this. I was talking to Beth uh, about like today being, uh, you know, it's like uh, it's Pride uh, in uh, in Illinois, and uh, you know, Rekha really, uh, we we're really establishing that Rekha does not care for the King Cat Pride discourse. Rekha said, "King Pride, love it all." <laughs> Have your breakfast with it. <laughs> Rekha's with it. I mean, you've been you've been talking. Well, you've been talking about Rekha as mother and I feel like I mean I, I think this is a good chance a good place to talk about her as a queer icon because yeah. even as someone who did not you know remotely grow up knowing that the first couple of times I saw her I was like she has to be right <laughs> like she just exudes some something can you talk about that a little bit yeah absolutely i think even in khubsurat i think you see her playing with gender um in a really fun way um and um, i I think uh, there's this interesting thing you know people talk about how um Amitabh Bachchan was this kind of singali figure to her you know um really uh worked on her with uh pushed her to work on her diction and her acting and um you know that's once she started kind of uh, 
when she fell in with him, she started taking things seriously and all of that stuff, which is, you know, I mean, if you think about the fact that this was a woman in her late teens, early 20s, and this was a married man who was much older, that dynamic feels a lot less, I think, like, uh, um, just kind of like scandalous in a fun, gossipy way now and takes on a, like a more like a sinister aspect now that one thinks about it. Uh, but I think uh, an interesting thing about Rekha as a performer, though, is that you do see echoes of Amitabh uh, in her acting, um, you know, in the way she delivers dialogue, especially. Um, and this makes, this gives her performances such a delicious androgyny, you know. Mm. She acts, she takes up space like a hero. She is, she doesn't simper. She never, she never cowers. She never simpers. Even when she is playing uh, the damsel in distress, which every heroine had to, these girls were doing 16, 17, 18 films a year. And in 10 of those films, they were probably, you know, um, playing women who were being, you know, Shakti Kapoor was grabbing them and taking them back. And then Jitendra or Dharmendra was showing up. And, you know, due to like, it was probably, these films were probably interchangeable. And then there were three or four good ones. Uh, but she never felt, um, you know, coy. She never felt, uh, she never felt um, fragile, right? Mm. Uh, and I think there was that kind of, uh, there was a swagger to Rekha. Um, and you see it in Khumsura, she has this one song that she's in drag um, and it's amazing. You know, she's kind of, uh, she's kind of doing like a play in the movie uh, where uh, she's like narrating this story about like a, like a king and she's talking about her rules are bad and how like that, you know, joyous anarchy is good. And it's great. It's great stuff. But even in that, you start seeing that like gender play, that's just a lot of fun, right? And then uh, we come, flash forward to, Peter, what you were talking about, that unforgettable imagery of uh, Rekha in the riding boots uh, with the whip, right? Mm -hmm. this, this, is, this is iconography. This is, this is part of... Uh, uh, Bollywood imagery that I think it's just instantly recognizable, right? And even there, that that to me, it's like, um, you know, if you draw a line from Mother India to Khunbhari Maan, you see that there is, um, there is, there is that evolution where there isn't a need to uh, foreground the motherness, the Indianness. She's just, she's just pure rage and vengeance, you know. Um, she's in there all black with the whip. She is not uh, trying to feminize herself in some way. I often compare uh, Rekha to uh, Joan Crawford because like Crawford, she's had many different iterations. Like, like Crawford, she's a survivor. Like Crawford, uh, she's a figure who's been greatly misunderstood. Uh, uh, she's a queer icon. Uh, she's, uh, she's survived. She's a survivor. Uh, she's someone um, who's uh, beloved 
for her looks, her makeup, her glamour, all of that stuff. But that image reminds me of Crawford in uh, Nicholas Ray's Johnny Guitar, which is a Western. Um, and you have that similar image of uh, Crawford in kind of like a Western gear. And uh, Rika, I think, really understood the power of iconography. And then, of course, from then onward, um, you, Rika really becomes camp. The camp era of Rekha begins from there, from Khunbari Mang, where she's, she has a model off in the film. Like, come on, what's gayer than a model off? You know, that's, <laughs> that is the gayest thing that you can do, right? And then there's the yearning, there's the longing, there's Umrao Jan, there's mm, Zumrao. Yes. We always talk about, uh, there's this thing, uh, you know, uh, uh, about yearning being the queerest uh, emotion. Uh. <laughs> and uh, she absolutely embodies that. Rekha is not about gratification. Rekha is about yearning, you know. That's um, so well said. Yeah. Rekha makes it clear that um, she's not about um, fulfillment, Rika is about aspiration, mm-hmm. you know, whether it is for some impossible ideal of beauty or agelessness or an eternal kind of stardom or love. You know, she's been, uh, you know, people talk about all this stuff with Amitabh Bachchan, but I think the thing that people miss is that Rika has been very strategic and savvy in using all of that stuff, all of that scandal to inform and burnish her mythos, Mm. you know, Um, and that too, to have that kind of awareness of, you know, controversy and to really kind of give, give the audience what they want with all of that stuff. That is, that is like, like, you know, classic queer icon stuff you know like she she really plays to the audience i feel like uh if reka could like could have like barbara and bet midler gone into like bathhouses and gay clubs and like played for those audiences she would have you know i think she would have enjoyed that so much she would have mm-hmm. enjoyed going into those audiences and going into those places and talking with those audiences so much, you know. Wait, you know what you're reminding me of, Sal? That song from Jambas, um, Ek To Kam Zindagani. Yes, yes. I mean, that, like all the all the fetish wear around, yeah. her, you know? like uh, the men in the jock straps. And, like, yeah. All, again, like I think like the 80s um, and 90s, you, you had this kind of like uh, uh, creeping in of like um, a kink in, into Bollywood films that like, uh, you know, echoed a similar kind of, you know, the erotic thriller was a big thing in Hollywood. Mm, yeah. Adrian Lyne, Paul Verhoeven and all of that was happening here. And you saw that happening, you know, an echo of that happening in Bollywood. And because in Bollywood, things kind of um, manifest in in a way that is uh, kind of unpredictable. Those influences um, are, are synthesized with Bollywood influences and then come out in in this completely unexpected way. You have Rekha singing Pyar Do Pyar Lo, which is this really kind of melodic Kalyanji Ananji number, I think. Yeah. And then you have like men in like leather jockstraps, <laughs> like thrusting, you yeah. know. And it is it is so gay, you know. Yeah. And then Kama Sutra, uh, 
again, like, you know, she's talking about like sex positions and all that. Like she, she's just someone who has all of that, like all of that lore, you know, Mm. like no one else is, no one else has an understanding of her own place in Mm. camp. Right. I think Bollywood is such an interesting industry because there it is um it is a space that generates so much camp but mm. the people in it don't necessarily think of themselves as um you know informed by camp which is very interesting because yeah. it the cinema the iconography is very queer but uh, it is a very hetero space because it's dominated by male stars, by male directors, by male producers and their point of view. Uh, so the camp is never really examined or celebrated, but Rekha is where it is celebrated, where she celebrates it, where she says, this is fabulous, you know, where where she, uh, where, you know, she um, does that Parinita cabaret number, where she yes. sits, you know, she comes and sits on the lap of an ex-lover, you know, yeah. that, uh, uh, who once apparently said in a magazine that every part of Rekha is made for love. <laughs> and this after, um, in a previous decade, um, his mother said that that girl is something, that girl has not been raised right. What's <laughs> wrong with that girl? Like she shocked Nargis to that extent um, because I think there were rumors about her and Sunil that with whom she'd done Jani uh, with mm. the she done Nagin and um, and then ten years later, of course, Rekha would be linked with both father and son because that's the kind of thing that happens only to Rekha. And then twenty years later, she does this like item number with him because only Rekha would do an item number in her fifties, you know. Uh, so like that's that's that is so she understands the power of camp because mm. uh, even if she wouldn't call it that. Because I think, uh, because I think, she's invented her own strain of it. Mm. You know, she's an author of camp. Mm. She's not just regurgitating it; um, she authors it. Um, so I think, in all of those ways, uh, she she's a she's a queer icon. Mm-hmm. We need a Rekha autobiography like stat. I need one right now. <laughs> We need it for our book club episode. So mm-hmm. playing off of what you were saying about her being a survivor, the movie that I'm going to talk about is actually not as fun. Sorry, guys. After <laughs> discussing Kilario Ka Kiladi and Jabba's and... Um, I think I know, really should go last here, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so the movie I'm going to talk about is Ghar. And um, wow, she survives. And how in that movie, I had never seen Ghar. Because I tend to avoid movies that I, I think are going to like drag me down and depress me, make me sad. Um, but I knew I wanted to see Ghar at some point, and I was like, "This is a great opportunity to finally watch it." And it is such a powerful movie. I wish it was made better because I don't. Have you guys seen Ghar, either of you? Okay, so the editing of this movie is very poor. And the direction is all over the place. So I don't know what was going on with the director, but um, all I can say is that, first of all, the story is 
amazing. So Rekha and Vinod Mehra play a newly married couple. They go late night to watch this movie. And um, on the way back, um, they are attacked by these hoodlums. And then Vinod Mehra has like a concussion or something and they gang rape Rekha. And then the next morning when Vinod Mehra wakes up in a hospital bed and he's like, where's my wife? And like, is she okay? What happened to her? He has no idea because he was concussed. And he's basically told that she is recovering from her injuries, but she's she's basically been raped. And the movie, it's like the, the first, the beginnings of the movie are very like, very idyllic, newly married couple, you know, honeymooning and all these beautiful songs, like gorgeous, gorgeous soundtrack, you know, Aaj kal par nahi mere, and you know, Tere bina jia jayena, which is so cute. Like Rekha's waiting for Vinod Mehra to come home and she's, you feel like she's playing solitaire on a coffee table, but she's not. She's actually just looking at like little Polaroid shots and stuff. It's so cute. And she's just like waiting for him to come home beautiful soundtrack and the chemistry between her and Vinod Mehra, fire, fire chemistry. So good. And then you go from this like newlywed, happy, chirpy, bubbly, cute Rekha who dresses up every day for her man. And then you have like this victim of this horrific crime who is trying to come to terms with it. And I really have to give her credit because I do not think anyone else could do that role. Just all the emotions that she goes through and she takes you through like the trauma, the shock, the humiliation, the anger, the sadness, the feeling of how could this happen to me? Um, and even, you know, the way that their marriage starts breaking down. And, you know, I there were so many points during this movie that I was worried that the director was going to make some terrible thing about like Izzat and all that crap. And I was afraid that Vinod Mehra was going to show his true colors and just be this horrible chauvinistic person. But no, it's actually um, really well done. There's so many scenes where Rekha is convinced that Vinod Mehra doesn't love her anymore or he's not going to want to be with her anymore because of the gang rape that happened. And every step of the way, Vinod Mehra is like, no, I love you. I value you. It wasn't your fault. It was never your fault. And we're going to make it happen. There's even a scene where she is talking with her friend. I think it was, I think it's Padma Khanna, who's her friend, um, but she's their like common friend of hers and Vinod Mehra's. And she's actually Vinod Mehra's coworker. And there's a scene where she actually says to her something to the effect of, I don't remember the exact words, but something to the effect of, I don't know. I don't know how to have sex anymore. Mm. And there's a scene where um, they're in bed and it's, it's been, it's been some time since the rape and, you know, things seem like they're going okay between them. And she, she still continues to have some nightmares, but it, it seems like she's on the road to recovery perhaps. And they're sort of getting romantic and they're getting cozy on the bed. And the Vinod Mehra just like kisses her and she freezes. And she's just like, I can't, I can't, you know, and she just freezes. And it's such a heartbreaking moment. Um, but I was, I just, you know, really want to give kudos for, first of all, whoever came up with this idea of the story where they were like, let's make a, let's make a movie on this story because you really got to handle it with so much care and make sure that you do justice to such a difficult topic. And secondly, kudos to Rekha for doing the role and spectacular 
spectacular performance. Um, her breakdowns at home, her breakdowns in the hospital. You're just really rooting for this girl. You just want her to survive. And um, you also are rooting for their marriage to survive because it's just, you know how much it means to her. And these two people are in love. It's just this heinous thing that happened to them. And it does have a happy ending. It's a beautiful ending. She's decided she doesn't want to live with him anymore. And it's not because of him. She just doesn't know what to do with herself. So she, and he's like, okay, if you want to leave, you can leave. Um, he obviously does not want her to, the audience does not want her to, but we're like, okay, this is what you need. If you need a time, that's fine. And then in the last scene, you know, he comes home and she's not at home and he's like, oh my God, I think she's gone to the train station. And the last scene is so gratifying. It's Vinod Mera on the platform, looking at all the trains waiting, like, which train has she gotten into? And he doesn't see her and the train leaves and he turns back and he's so sad. And then of course, it's a Bollywood movie. So she's on a bench. She's sitting on a train bench and she has her suitcase next to her. And then he sees her and they run to each other and hug. And it's like, it's so cute, you guys. Um, it is a difficult movie to watch. I would not recommend this as like a comfort watch at all, but it's a great wonderful Rekha performance. And I can see why Ghar was the movie that she chose because I did read that Rekha wanted to explore more complex characters um, because she you know, didn't want to stagnate. She didn't want to keep doing the same stuff over and over again. And so that's, you know, it was a conscious choice for her to do a movie like Ghar, which is kind of like art wave, art cinema and um, really good movie, except for the dodgy editing and direction, but yeah. Yeah, so a couple of things with the direction, um, and I know this because of like the nerdiest reason ever. Um, when I was a child, um, I used to collect, uh, you know, uh, children collect sensible things like, uh, you know, rocks and video games and Pokemon cards. I used to collect film magazines um, and... <laughs> So at like six and seven, I was like reading film fairs, um, as, which explains so much about me, of course. Uh, but Gulzar used to do a column for film fair when, when I was very little. So this was back, back, back in the day when film fair was like an actual magazine and used to have like all this really good retrospective stuff. Um, and uh, Gulzar used to do a column about the films he'd made, the films he'd written, or the films he'd written for, like songs for. And he'd written the songs for Ghar, which yes. is, if you hear the uh, songs, it's instantly you can tell yeah. because of all the synesthesia. So Gulzar is known for all the synesthesia in his lyrics. And Ghar, uh, the Ghar um, OST, the Ghar songs are full of all that stuff. Yeah. The eyes are listening, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the ears can uh, see, things like that are all over the songs. Uh, but what had happened was, um, I think the director had either fallen ill or met with an accident. Um, and uh, that had meant that I think Gulsar had had to like ghost direct, like, large schedules of the film. Um, so I think that might explain like the kind of uneven quality of the film. Uh, this also, of course, famously happened uh, with uh, Chameli, where uh, the original yeah. director, Anand Palani, died and then Sudhir Mishra had to step in and direct it. And again, you can see... Um, Duplicate the... also, right? Because oh, Mahesh Bhatt like abandoned the film yeah, or whatever. 
he just wouldn't show up on set. <laughs> Uh, which is actually that is fun because everyone is like, oh my god, Alia, but never came. Yeah. But the fun thing is, it's surprising that Karan Johar loves Alia, but because he cannot, he could not stand her father because her father lost his father so much money. Yeah. <laughs> but that aside, I think that's that also um okay. the kind of unevenness in quality because gulzar is a very fine filmmaker um, yeah. um but uh, you know i think yeah it was uh, i was wondering because that movie is so strangely made like there's entire passages in the film like all the rekha parts of it are so great and directed so well and so there's parts of it where like this is awesome and then there's parts like literally there's like 20 minutes beth will appreciate this or rather not appreciate this there are 20 minutes of comedy uncles Beth, why do you even need comedy uncles in this? Like literally, there's a whole thing about who is that actor? Asrani. Asrani is like a police officer. He's like a bumbling police officer. It has nothing to do with the case. It has nothing to do with the gang rape or anything. It's like 20 minutes of just Asrani being weird. And I'm like, why? Why do you need that in this movie? So it's such a strange. film it, no. I, i actually said to my husband i think someone was on drugs <laughs> when they made this movie because some of it feels like a gulzar film yeah gulzar of course had comedy in his films um, yeah asrani was an actor who showed up in his films as well but in a very integrated way yeah yeah he never did like the subplot you know right. when asrani or kadir khan was flirting with arunai rani yeah. he never had that it was integrated yeah um, and <laughs> that like obviously this wasn't actually a gulzar film you know so texturally tonally uh, there was that unevenness and okay. then i think a friend i think was prema narayan ha yes 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 prema narayan sorry not prema khanna who happens to be or who happened to be like one of the princesses of kuch bihar or something like this i might really be- Yeah, so so sort of like a fun precursor to Aditi Rao Haidari, uh, uh, like a an early royal in the industry. Uh, so that's that's the a- amount of random royals in the film industry always like blows my mind. Okay, first of all, there were so many like royal families. Like Parveen yeah. Babi was from the royal family of Jamnagar, and then Chandrachur Singh is apparently some sort of prince. I was like, really. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's it's wild, it's wild. But yeah, so I think that that's another thing, and of course, it's worth mentioning that uh, Vinod Mehra and uh, Rekha were pretty seriously romantically involved. Um, yeah, I don't think that was acting in the yeah, movie. So All of those lovelorn, longing looks. I don't think I don't think Vinod Mehra is that good an actor. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, it's all real. I, I have a real soft spot for Vinod Mehra. <laughs> Me too. <That's> also- <laughs> Me too. I think young Vinod Mehra. was one of the prettiest men uh, like those eyes are just yeah. love his I, smile his yeah smile, he was always a really lovely foil mm. to his uh, heroines mm-hmm. i think always conveyed a sense of like innate decency yes um, and gentleness uh, in in a time in an era where heroes didn't always like you had you had jitendra who always felt kind of easy <laughs> you know 
Um, you had, uh, you had Wait, a- did you say lazy or crazy? Because I feel like crazy applies, but lazy, no. <laughs> I sleazy. I think like GTA. Oh, sleazy. Yeah, yeah, another one of Rekha's, you know, ex paramours. Uh, but he felt very sleazy, and he did a bunch of films with Rekha in the eighties. Um, and then uh, you know, Amitabh, Dh- um, Dharmendra, uh, Vinod Khanna, they were all very macho, right? Uh, but I think Vinod, uh, Vinod Mehra had this sweetness and gentleness to him um, that really was uh, kind of uh, lovely. And here he's young and fresh and kind of uh, live and just beautiful. And you see him in another film that he's uh, he did with Rick, I think 10, 12 da- years down the line, where Rekha is still um, like gorgeous. She's still youthful and gorgeous, but he's, you know, aged drastically. Oh. Um, because I think he'd had health issues and things like that. And you see that life has taken a toll on him, you know, um, and he's been through it. I think it's a film that Saun Kumar Tak, who's a frequent Rekha collaborator, yes. and uh, uh, made the film that I and I persist in believing Mamma Mia was copied from, um, Mother. <laughs> oh, I've seen Mother. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Mother, he made Mother with her in uh, the late 90s. Um, but yeah, so uh, he made this film with her that like I think bookended um, their, coll- their kind of uh, uh, collaboration together. But yeah, they were in love. And I think this movie is kind of such a sweet, touching testament to that because they clearly stayed on good terms. And Rekha stayed on good terms with a lot of, uh, you know, um, she was she was uh, kind of infamous for having all of these boyfriends and for getting around, but she stayed on good terms with these men, you know. So it, I I love that about her because yeah. um, I, I love that she was a good time. She was the kind of girl you wanted to just keep having in your life, you mm. know. Uh, but yeah, with the movie, really that tenderness really kind of comes through. And that's a Gulzar trademark. I know yeah. I know. Um, Beth is not a fan of Ijazat, if I remember correctly. That is correct. <laughs> that's another... Um, but I am. I love it, Sal. Yeah, I'm but that's you. another beautiful Gulzar-directed uh, Rekha performance. Um, and, uh, you know, Gulzar, I think, was someone who really, really understood Rekha as an actress. And mm. Ghar was the film that established her as a serious actress. That was the film where I think she pursued it. She really wanted mm. it. Um, and that was the film where people were like, oh, oh, she can act. Yeah. She's not just the girl you put, you know, um, in a tight dress to like, you know, dance on the sidelines. She's not just the flower pot, as they used to call it. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's an actress. Yeah. Oh, I, as Serena so famously said, you know, if, if you if there's any act and actress, uh, Rekha put it in there for uh, in her. There's wow. actually in one of the songs. Um, I love that. Uh, I think it's uh, so the line goes. Uh, Log kehte hain ke bas hath ki Rekha hai. 
I love that Gulzar like put that in there because like it refers to her actually. It's so cute. But I would recommend to our listeners like uh, or watchers, even if you don't necessarily want to see her because it does have all of these like unevenness issues, at least watch the song videos on YouTube because mm-hmm. just the chemistry between um, Rekha and Vinod Mehra is just like so good. They look so amazing together. And the songs, of course, are spectacular. So, you know, you're in for a treat. So even if you don't want to watch the movie, at least watch the song videos but if you do want to watch the movie i have a few caveats but it's still a great rekha performance if you want to see how amazingly she acted so I, it, I, sorry if you no uh, go ahead <laughs> i was just gonna say i think um it's ghar isn't exactly like situated in the parallel cinema movement and mm-hmm. even though rekha was one of the first truly commercial actresses who did a bunch of work in the parallel cinema movement uh including kalyug for instance amazing mm-hmm. incredible film yeah. Um, one of one of my favorite films i, I i'd say utsav uh, also yeah utsav yeah incredible i think her collaborations with shashi kapoor as a mm. filmmaker have been terrific terrific yeah. yeah that's also funny because he was someone who was mean about her in the press yeah. in the 70s when was he, he? Yeah. Yes, i was. didn't know this Shashi yes, Kapoor, why? I know. What did he say about her? She was dark and fat and things like that. I you know, know. how dare he? Andrika in the 70s. Like the worst thing you could be as a 17-year-old girl who had been forced into the movies uh, and had no one taking care of you and your superstar father pretending you didn't exist uh, was dark and fat apparently I'm so yeah. disappointed you guys I know it was it's hard I, to it, learn that isn't it <laughs> This is a very epic brutus moment for me Oh absolutely so I think like this really says that like you know even even the men that even the people we love right i think um had were of their time in many ways uh and that's 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 just something that you know people are going to people have all our idols and feet of clay yes uh, yeah i think such a moment of triumph for rekha to come back and be his muse really yeah, i wonder uh, i wonder what happened that um and i'd love to think it's as much as he saw some performances and was like oh <laughs> but i i mean i wonder I how that happened i realized that she was yeah. it. i i i think like after i think after guy the guy um khubsurat um umrao jan chaifata yeah. yeah. i think it, if you read the press from then i think this is amazing thing that like someone from america had come and done uh, like a piece on bollywood mm. and he'd met rekha and he was like she's the most bewitching woman <laughs> she's so into fitness and she's witty and she reads and, you know like everyone was just mesmerized by mm. her like i think the transformation was also i think that myth yeah. of, that ugly duckling to spawn myth i think was so fascinating to people people were like how did she do this right she she created herself but i think the other thing about ghar and the, the reason the songs i think at least people should look up is that films um, of that kind of uh, those middle of the road films that weren't like super mainstream yeah. but were like you know like completely kind of like in that yeah. kind of bengali art house film zone they had these really lovely heartwarming this uh, sort of depictions of the young upwardly mobile middle class mm-hmm. yeah how they lived uh, mm-hmm. them looking for houses them setting up their homes yeah 
intimacy, you know, yeah. that's like, you know, like young Indians kind of figuring out the grammar of existing in public and yeah. private, you know, um, her in her like sort of pajamas, you know, sort of the kurta and me, all of those things, like little, little things, I think are very, very special because they really are mm. a portal into a time uh, when the country, um, as an independent country, was very young, but was coming into itself as a place um, where um, its people were saying, this is who we are, this is what we look like, this is how we act, you know, in the cities. Uh, you yeah. Know? And I, yeah, I, there's I all these like uh, vignettes of them like taking taxis and then there's like Vinod Mehra relaxing after dinner, like he has like a little scotch and he has like a cigarette and he's wearing, you know, those like silk, I don't know what they're called, it's like a kurta, but then he's wearing like a lungi, but I think it's, it's like Punjabi, I don't think it's South Indian, but it's like this, Kurta Lungi combo he wore in all his films with like all the buttons undone and he's like smoking and it's just it's the videos are so good it's very like it's very like gharelu mm-hmm. as and anyway the movie's called ghar but it's very like how do people act in the privacy and the confines of their own home like how do they you know there's like shots of like Rekha like her hair is loose but now she's tying it up in a bun and it's just, you know, just loosely tying it. It's just, it's so lovely. Like, uh, people have to watch the song videos at least. Okay, do we have any closing thoughts on Rekha? Anything else we must get off our chest before we wrap up this episode? I know we can talk about her for three hours, but we can't, guys. I feel like I've said everything that is most important to me or both of you have said it, which is even better because like, there's just so much, like you were saying, she is the entire shop and she is, there's something for everyone. She's the goods. She embodies, I think like every, um, you know, I think um, every idea um, of femininity of feminist uh, in a way to me, uh, you know, the ingenue, um, the the courtesan, right? You know, she's been, uh, she's, uh, she's exalted, you know, in that Madonna whore kind of uh, yeah. binary. Time. I think I love her as, uh, as someone who, who falls towards the, um, in many different ways, professionally, the way, and, you know, the way society sees me and so on, towards the whole side of that binary. I think she's someone who took that part of it and exalted it, you know. She uh, made it uh, something really glamorous and aspirational and powerful, mm-hmm. you know. She took that and made it a thing of agency, uh, decade after decade after decade after decade, you know. Um, it breaks my heart that Rekha um, isn't really interested in, like, being an actress anymore. Like, sh- she she yeah. just wants to make her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> see her coming and being delightful on reality TV contests and things like that. Now, there's a great uh, scene that I recommend people looking up where she's on Madhuri's dance uh, uh, judging show. Mm-hmm. Where Madhuri and she recreate her 
uh, scene from her showdown scene from Silsila with Jaya. Yes. Wow. Excellent. So uh, good. Also, Madhuri is definitely an actress inspired by Rekha. You know, you hear it in the vocal kind of modulations mm-hmm. and inflections. Uh, so seeing them both together, it's it's a treat. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 for me, one of the greatest uh, cinematic regrets is that we didn't get to see Rekha's Miss Havisham. She was going to play her in Fitur. Um, Uh she shot for the film and then she saw the footage and she didn't like how she looked because Rekha exerts a lot of control over her costumes and makeup and so on and uh, it kind of breaks my heart that that's the part that you know she um, she's more concerned with although I completely understand it because for older actresses no one else is going to yeah, but um, but like she is such a fantastic actress. She's such a fantastic actress. Even in like the Koi Milgaya films, she is. You know that role is it's a nothing role, right? Like yeah. the grandmother, but she imbues the part with such dignity and empathy and warmth, um, and she does that. Again and again and again. This is a woman who feels almost otherworldly in how, um, in what a superstar she is, in what an enigmatic figure she is. But at the same time, when she's acting, she feels utterly human. You know, she's a truly, truly incredible actress while also being this bonkers, gonzo movie star, you know, icon. You know, while having this persona that embodies like everything that is fun and, uh, you know, unhinged about being a movie star, you know, uh, but I, I, I just love her so much and she means so much to me and it means so much to me to be able to come and talk about her. With y'all. Yay! Well, we were excited, very happy that you came to chat with us about Rekha because Beth and I love Rekha. And like there and isn't us- there isn't anyone else that no. I would have wanted to have this guy. No, because like Rekha has been key to Sal's and my relationship over the years. Like she's one of the reasons we we you know bonded over on Twitter and things like that. So they're really and I've never for all that has been written and said about Rekha. I've never heard anyone talk about her the way that you do in in this like massively smart and insightful way. Like, so, you know, I and I, I do want to read the biography that's out there of her that was written in the last couple of years. I was actually just looking. My library does not have it. I'm sad, but I, w- I will get it. Um, but I, you know, this is a conversation that that has been percolating for a long time and is just uh, has the perfect person in it. So. Uh, Rekha Ma herself has ordained this to happen. Yes. <laughs> we propitiated in the right way. It has happened. <laughs> All hail Rekha Ma. All hail Rekha Ma on this Pride Month and every day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all swan around in golden kanji verams with like 15 mm. kilos of gold. <laughs> yes, yes. If not, if not physically, at least in spirit. Yes, for sure. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that has been uh, this episode of Filmy Ladies. We had so much fun recording it, in case you can't tell. Um, and we hope you had fun as well. Um, so tell us in the comments what your favorite um, Rekha movies are, what her favorite characters are. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what flavor of Rekha is your favorite flavor. And um, we will see you next week on another episode. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to Filmy Ladies. Thank you. Bye.